Welcome to episode 195 of Sports Geek. On this week's episode, I chat brand and sponsorship with the Brisbane Broncos' Kurt Brutton. Welcome to Sports Geek, the podcast built for sports digital and sports business professionals. And now, here's your host, who knows his way around an airport, Sean Callanan. Thanks, DJ Joel. Yes, my name is Sean Callanan, and I do know my way around an airport. Uh, I've seen a few of them in the last couple of weeks, and as this episode is going out, I've been seeing them over the weekend, and I've got a few more in my future. Um, If you're listening to this in the first 24 hours of uh, this podcast being uh, released, um, I will be in San Francisco. Please let me know if you listen in the first, you know, when it f- initially drops. Uh, I'd love to know the people who do that. Um, I'm currently in San Francisco. If you've listened to it straight away, uh, if not, if you wait a couple of days, I might maybe in Montreal. I'm in Montreal from the 22nd to 26th. Um, and if you listen to it back later, um, I don't know where I'll be. Um, but as always, you can contact me, Sean at sportsgeekhq.com or at Sean Callanan or at Sports Geek on most channels. Uh, you'll be able to get me that way. And as always, if you want to work with me or figure out how um, I can work with you, you can simply go to sportsgeekhq.com slash work and fill out the form, find a time, and hopefully um, we can connect uh, on a call and figure out how I can help you. Um, caught up with Kurt Brutton. I've known Kurt for a long time. Uh, I met him many years ago when he was working in uh, the A-League at uh, the Brisbane Raw. Um, so it was good to catch up with him in the in his role, in his relatively new role. He's been there a while now. Uh, at the Brisbane Broncos in their new in their new facilities. They've recently moved in uh, at the start of the at the end of last year. Um, and talk about uh, his experience um, and his career for someone that has pl- uh, worked at all different uh, all different pool codes. We go into that and also you know the responsibility. Um, that Kurt feels both as a as a as someone who grew up following the Broncos, but uh, the massive brand and entity that is the Brisbane Broncos, especially in Queensland, um, they're practically an institution. There, um, and so we go into that and how um, he's he works in the sponsored team and the marketing and brand as a brand executive, and how he works with the digital team and and all the integration pieces that we that I find myself talking about and working with people on. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Kurt Brutton from the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Very happy to be here in uh, sunny Brisbane at the Clive Berghofer Centre, new home of the Brisbane Broncos. And we are here in the uh, the Kevy Walters meeting room. Uh, welcome to Kurt Brutton. Good morning. Thanks for having uh, me. Thank you very much. Thank you for ha- thank you for having me. We're here in the uh, the Kevy Walters uh, meeting room, and we're just having a little bit of a. I guess every sports you know new sports facility starts naming their meeting rooms after uh, after the legends of the of their of their sport and of the Broncos in this case. And so we're in the Kevy one. Next door is the. The Alan Langer room. Yeah, the Alan Langer, who is a, a legend of the Broncos. Yeah. And it's it's the biggest meeting room. It's the biggest meeting room on and, this floor. Yeah. And uh, Alfie is tall of, uh, small of stature. About five foot two. And the room next door to us is? It's the Gordon Tallis room. It's the smallest room. And uh, Gordon Tallis is absolutely <laughs> monster. It's a monster. Yes. So uh, I love the fact that the, the sizing and a little bit of, uh, 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 you know, getting the meeting room sizes right. So we are here in the new facility. Um uh, the Broncos open. So when you guys open, when did you guys open this? So we moved in in December last year, um, right at the time of Christmas going on. So that was a really fun sort of a move. Because I think I, I think I caught up with you probably mid last year, and you're in the middle of you know and hoping when it was going. And yep. yeah, the the thing with uh, new new facility builds, and there'll be a few people have, who are listening have gone through it. They sort of take a little bit longer. Yeah, to- it started. You know, we'll move in September, October. November, we're looking at it. It's all kind of finished on the outside. Okay, we can move in now. You know, you get kind of two weeks' notice to pack up your stuff and move across the road. But we're in now. It's been a very smooth transition across to here, and it's a 
fantastic facility. Yeah, so um, we just did a bit of a bit of a tour. We've got the training field uh, out there. Yep. You've got the uh, the gym downstairs. Sort of yep. take people through, I guess, what the facility is and sort of you know what you've moved into. So the the basis of the facility was it's the first time in thirty years that the club has all been under the one roof. So previously, the admin worked out of um, the Leagues Club, which, which is a separate business. Which is across the road from where we are now. Across the road from where we are now. Um, so we haven't moved very far at all. Um, but where was, the, where was the training and where were the, where were the players? So, so training still happened on the same site. There was a field right next to the Leagues Club, but the gym and the coaching areas, um, they had a building next to the field as well. So yep. if any of the admin staff needed to engage with footy, it was a 100-meter walk across the side of a field yep. um, to engage with them. Um, players would have to make a special effort to come into the admin um, So it area. does so, – I mean, it's not quite the disconnect of, say, the Boston Celtics that have the admin staff at one end of town and the training facility no, the other end of town. So no, no, no. You don't it's have not, a terrible like commute, that. but it's still a bit of a disconnect. <laughs> Correct. It, you, you feel like two parts of a club. Yeah. Um, whereas this, this building in its design phase from the very start was about bringing everyone into one. Um, so, you know, in the tour we took you through um, – We've got a new dining area here that sits halfway between the floors. So it's a three-story building on the ground floor is players, middle floor is coaching, sports science, and the top floor is admin with sponsorship, membership, yep. uh, media. But there's a there's a floor that sits halfway in between and the, the idea is that it's no one's specific area and that's our common dining area. So everyone meets halfway um, to engage with it together. So been a really good cultural shift in yep. this crossover between football and admin and everyone all in together and then the the entire building is positioned uh behind the goals on our new field yep so there's a brand new field um and everything looks out towards that field um so it's a it's a holistic view of everything that you need to be a successful football operation is all being put into this building so you're now in your new digs uh let's find out a little bit more about about yourself um what's your what's your role here at the broncos uh, so my official title is marketing and brand executive, um, but we're structured a bit different in this club in that we don't have a marketing department. Yep. We don't have an operations department. We have. What, what do you mean by operations? So operations is in delivering your game days, yep. um, delivering your big screen content yep. and your um, food drops even to, yep. to players and activations at game days. Um, we have one really big sponsorship department. So within sponsorship, um, I have a list of accounts that I manage, yep. um, some of our really big sponsors as well. Um, and then I also manage the club's marketing. And the idea is that we get that integration of our partners with our marketing. Um, and then we have people within sponsorship who run operations as well. Um, and their sponsors that they account manage for are easily integrated into our game days where that's their objective. So... Um, it's a different approach from my experience of clubs. Yep, but it seems to work really well. So when you, so so effectively, you're in um, you're in in a in the sponsorship commercial department more so than like when you said you know marketing and brand executive. It yep. sounds like you're in a marketing department, correct? Um, but really, you're in the commercial sponsorship department with. A focus of hey, we've still got to do we've still got to do the marketing for the club, so it's a bit of a foot in both camps for that side of things. Correct, correct, um, and that's the how the whole department operates. Um, so everyone's got a foot in both camps, um, and it's about the the integration again. Um, so we our multimedia and our design team and the guys producing our content sit in a different department, but I also then step across into their meetings and have daily conversations with them about what they're doing yep, with the objective of also integrating our partners across that. Yeah. So, yeah, so you don't have, you don't have that disconnect that sometimes happens with the, a marketing team in its mm-hmm. own silo that's saying, hey, we're rolling out this cool new campaign uh, for membership or just brand just to say, hey, yep. this is what we're doing um, and, you know, doing terrific creative and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on point from their brand point of view but they're not coming back to the sponsorship team to say, Oh, how does this work with our partners? How can they better leverage this? Um, because that's a really big opportunity, and the partners want to be part of it. So the fact that you know you're one and the same person, um, yep. unless you've got a you know multiple personality disorder where you you can't don't talk to one another, you're you're across both. Correct, correct. It also works. Um, you know, the other situation that you see a lot is 
the multimedia and the content guys are producing this great stuff and then a sponsor comes in with a campaign that they want posted on that sort of a channel yep. and it doesn't work. It doesn't it, it doesn't it, click. It, 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 it doesn't flow. But because we've got that integration, when they're talking about some of their ideas, yep. we can jump in and go, hey, this partner is actually really looking for some great content in this sort of a space. It, it would work. Let's integrate it from the start it's it's so it's so important and you know I, I when i'm working with teams and you know content teams the digital side when they're doing stuff i'm all for them doing stuff they want to do but so, a lot of the times they go oh we're going to do this cool stuff and they don't name it and define it and say who the audience is they just go oh, this is cool which it is but then the second piece is making sure your sponsorship team is aware of it before you do it correct not not, not <laughs> hey you know because on the other side, you know, the digital teams, they're saying, oh, the sponsorship execs just sent us something and we have to do it. It works the, you know, it works the other way as well when the sponsorship exec goes, that's a killer piece of content or that's going viral. Hang on, we didn't talk to our partners about that. That would have been, you know, yeah. been all across it. Yeah. So it's a real important process to be in there and sort of say, oh, you know, yes, we want to do it and I've got the, I've got the right partner for you. Yeah, it do, we do get those light bulb moments quite yeah. a bit where we're like, fantastic content. That'll be awesome. Let's do it. And, um, you know, you get the buy-in from all parties then too. And, and do you think because you've got that integration or the fact that you're sitting in on those meetings that I guess the commercial savviness of your digital team is is growing? Like, Because yeah, I'm always 100%. saying to them, you know, you've got to pitch like you're a TV show. Like, you know, you're pitching to a new network. Oh, here's my sitcom. This is for the audience and this who's going to love it. You've got to do that with all of your content because, you know, you need an advertiser. Yep. I can't believe I'm doing air quotes while recording a podcast, <laughs> but I just did. Um, you, you know, and so that's the, that's the piece that that's worked really well for you guys. 100%. So, um, you know, could segue into, you know, some of the stuff that we are doing here. Um, you know, content that they're producing, um, so, you know, podcasts and Facebook live shows, they're actually thinking from the very start okay, if we did it like this, sponsorship then have the opportunity to sell into it like this. So they're developing these concepts with a commercial lens lens, yep. and and helping to present to us new assets to sell. So, you know, in, in clubs, you've got your big brand assets on your apparel, yep. um, which we're lucky enough to be full with. Yep. So then we start searching, what are the other assets? How do we get more partners involved how do we get the existing partners more involved in other areas and so our multimedia team because we've got this tight connection with them are developing assets for us and it is a matter of you know you're in a very lucky lucky is not the right word very uh you know broncos are a super strong club you know mm. inventory you know you sell out of inventory so when you get to that position you go you know, we need to create more inventory. We've sold, you know, talk about apparel. You've sold yep. your shirt sponsorship and your short sponsorship. You know, it's something we're seeing in the US now that they're starting yep. to see the, you know, the advantages or at least just the revenue that you can put by putting a logo on your jersey. Um, you know, that's sold out and it's premium and you've sold out your other, you know, your other inventory items. So it's like, well, your team, you know, everyone in the sponsorship team says, well, we want to. What give, else have we got? What have we got next? What's next? And, yep. you know, digital. And content, uh, you know, is the option. You know, I think the the article recently from uh, Man City saying their second most important product after football is content. Yep. Right. And you know, that's what we're, that's the game we're all in now. Whether you're working on the digital side or the sponsorship side. So, and from a from a sponsor point of view, what's their their appetite and both desire and understanding of the of the digital space? Because you've got a lot of sponsors that go, I want the logo. I want the signage yep. and not quite knowing how to be in the digital space. Yeah, I think it comes from, you know, those initial first step conversations that we have with our sponsors. Um, sponsorship department are also equipped yep. in that area and that knowledge to be able to present forward and, and get them from the very start on the journey of, you know, how to integrate across the board. Yep. Um, you know, in you've got your brand assets, you've got your digital assets. How, how is this all going to work together? Um, and then, you know, it also comes from in the sponsorship team, our expertise, we all sit together, we're all a tight knit bunch, but they can lean on me for my marketing expertise or I can lean on them for their operational yep. activation experience. Um, so we've all got these multifaceted roles 
and we all talk to each other. So we all know each other's sponsors. Um, we all know who we're pitching for at a particular time and we all contribute from that. So we can start with the sponsor from the very start, from the initial conversation. Yep. What are your objectives? And then work back to develop, okay, what's what's an optimal yep. plan for this partner? It's so uh, you know that, that it's so important that initial piece. Mm. You know, I had someone email me. I, I apologize, can't remember who it was, but he was asking me about sponsorship and how do I, you know, pitch to a, you know, figure out what the sponsor wants. And so the latest one I've go with is is the Spice Girl strategy of ask them what they want, what they really, really <laughs> want, right? And because most of the time they don't know, yeah. right? And or they're a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit. Uh, unsure or a bit fuzzy whereas if you say what do you really want and you know is it brand is it awareness is it reach to a certain audience is it leads you know that kind of thing or is it activating in the stadium or driving people into a store like that that starts the whole conversation for you guys yeah yeah and i think you know sponsors are now smart enough to know that you know a logo presented on one particular medium is not enough yep. you know how are they leveraging that and that's probably the other big part of this club is the, the strength of the Broncos brand, yep. you know, buying access to that IP for a lot of our partners is just as valuable as the brand presence that we can put forward. So, yep. you know, example up here is we've got the Broncos burger at McDonald's. Yep. Um, now that is a massive brand piece for McDonald's and in the Brisbane region. Um, so it's on their point of sale when you come to a Macca's here as our players. A Macca's is McDonald's. That's Australian for McDonald's for our US listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is that's, true. That's right. Yes, it I is. Just have, I have to put translation service in sometimes, Sorry. but yeah. Yeah. Good uh, but, 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 it is, but it is an important point um, of understanding the value of just the, the IP of your brand. Yeah. Right, um, and it can be just in the logo, in you know, like you're talking yep. about there with the McDonald's partnership, but then also in all of those, so all those social assets, yes, right, because you know, just because you've got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, well, all these channels, whatever they are, yep, um, you know, the the days of, and there's still people that are throwing it in, yep, um, you've got to, if you don't put value on it yourself, then the brands won't, yep, um, so you've got to say, well, oh, you want to be on our. Facebook wall, you know, wall or under our brand in, on Facebook or Twitter, if you don't say, well, this is what it's worth to us, yep. then it's really hard to have that conversation with the sponsor to say, you know, yep. here's, what, here's what we're going to charge you. And, and we, we have that predefined as well. So, you know, all clubs will have their hierarchy of sponsorship, you know, yep. from their naming rights to their platinum and principal partners and, and working down from that. So we have those uh, listed out. Yep, and we know what it takes to be in that, but then what access a particular partner will get. Um, so there is a minimum investment to be able to use our logo and our player and our yep. color IP. Yep, uh, there's a minimum investment to be involved in our social. Yep. Um, so part of that is just that sitting down before you're trying to oh, scratch com- around completely. for money oh, and defining what it is that it's going to take for a partner to get to somewhere. Yeah, and um, you know, I I love the recent article of. Uh, uh, that that mentioned uh, the Rock's movie negotiations, where he says, "Here's here's what you pay me to be in your movie. Oh, you want me to tweet it about your movie? That's another million dollars." Yeah, right. Because he goes, "Well, you're buying me the actor, right? Yeah. You're not buying me, me the media network and the channel and that kind of thing." And I think it's a you know great case for sports teams, leagues, athletes to say, "You got to put a value on this." Yeah. If you don't put a number on it and say this is why, then you know, it, it will, people will get it for free and it's really hard to increase free. Yes, and uh, it's it's actually interesting me being in this position now because it's not always been like that. Yeah. Um, you know, my journey through clubs, you know, it it is very privileged to be in a club like this where we do have that strength of partnership to be able to say, okay, these are the minimum investments that we need. Um so you've not, done a perfect done a perfect segue. A little I'm bit of a segue be, there for I'm, you. I've been doing. I'm meant to do the segues, but you have you have led into it. Uh, you've got a strong background in Queensland sport. Uh, you're one of the few people, and I haven't run the numbers on LinkedIn, but uh, you've got a unique background that you've worked with three different uh, football codes. So in so in Australia, uh, we call all of the different types of football because uh, different football codes because everyone calls yep. themselves football. Yep. Uh, so you are currently in the NRL Rugby League. Correct. Uh, you've also worked uh, previously at the Queensland Regs, uh, yep. Reds, I should say, which is Rugby Union. Yep. And before that, 
which they call themselves football. Uh, and then before Global that, football. Uh, uh, true football or world football or soccer, as people know it, at, at the Brisbane Roar. Correct. Um, and like you said, uh, scales of economy, s- uh, size of business, those kind of things. Um, yeah, what I mean, you start, you know, you got your st- take us through your background and I guess the stepping stones and things you've learned, you know, along the way. Yeah, so not by design that I've been through uh, three clubs, a uh, bit of a journeyman, but um, yeah, my my real background right back before I even got in sport was advertising, yep. um, working for advertising agencies and um, worked on, you know, the sponsor side. Yep. So I was working with NRMA on some of their Broncos leveraging okay. back before I was involved in sport um, and then was working on the FFA and Brisbane Roar account um, before I even joined that club. Um, three very different clubs um, with very different structures that come from, you know, their ownership and therefore then what they have to achieve. So the Raw being a privately owned club um, is very which, much. Which again is is, rare, is rarer in Australia than than the norm. Again, for yeah. people who are, are listening in the US that, and, you know, even in the in Europe where a lot of the teams are privately owned, um, in Australia, the majority teams are not privately owned. They're, you know, member-based organisations. Yep. Again, if I'm using a US example, it's, you know, like the Green Bay Packers that are member-based organisations. A lot of the uh, AFL and NRL clubs are formed that way as, you know, non-for-profits yep. um, or, or something similar. But uh, the Brisbane Raw were, were, and were privately owned. Yep. Uh, Brisbane Raw being privately owned, the, the Reds are actually a state governing body yep. with the Reds being their the marquee rep- representative team. Yep. Um, and then the Broncos are shareholder owned. Yep. Um, so we're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. You can go and buy Broncos shares. Yeah. Um, we had our AGM yesterday. So we have that accountability which is, which is to a, mums and dads. Yeah, which is, I mean, and that's a pretty unique uh, to be listed in Australia. Correct. It, it is, I, I think we're the only sporting team. I think that you are, are the only sporting team. Yeah. So, yeah, so most of them are, you know, sporting organisations like the Reds. But, yeah, so take me back to your – so we, yeah. we met a fish, uh, I guess, many years ago when you were at the Raw yeah. um, and uh, had some had some great success there uh, yeah. around the Raw, around grand finals and, uh, and I guess, activating those and, you know, small teams doing big things, I guess, is probably the way that I would describe you at the Raw. Yep. Yeah, very much. Um, Raw was fantastic. There were uh, five seasons I was there. Um, so I joined uh, under the Ange Postacoglu era um, in the middle, like just after they won their first championship, which yep. was a kind of a watershed moment for that club and um, for its fans. Um, fantastic time there. Small, tight-knit team. Um, a lot of passionate people in football, working yep. in football. Um you know, everyone there knew the game intricately, loved it, would do anything for that club um, and and still are. You know, the, the people working at that club are just dedicated to it, absolutely love it. So, yep. um, yeah, really great times at the Raw. Um, being the smaller size admin operation, so, you know, probably 20 staff, um, you get to learn a lot of the different aspects of the business. Um, so working across membership and media, um, which, you know, in bigger size clubs are whole silos with their own team yeah. of 40. And there's, but there's a, and there's, you know, there's the constraints of budgets and yep. resources, but then there's also the nimbleness of being a smaller team and all hands on deck and, hey, can we do this? And there's not the layers of, of, of people saying yes, no. It's, it's It makes you think. Yeah. You've, you've, got to, you've got to be agile. You've got to be quick. You've got to be looking for every single opportunity to engage with your fans. Um, you know, if you miss an opportunity... You, you don't have the resources to go and make it again. Yeah. Um, so and, and and it was a combination of again you were sort of saying in the marketing space, but it was a combination of leveraging as much of the media and the digital mm. and you know getting you know as much of Brisbane behind you, especially around those grand finals and the themes of orange and and you know getting everyone behind you. It was as much you know PR and and getting the media behind you, you know engaging your fan groups that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's since coming out of that environment of being able to reflect on it and what was it that made it a success at that time. And um, those big grand final moments are the ultimate fan engagement that you can do as a club. Yep. That is your moment to get fans right there and then. You'll never do any better than that. So it's after those experiences, how do you keep the fans coming back? And that's where you've got to 
you know, keep invoking those memories, those feel yep. good, that real vibe of what what that experience was like and keep harnessing it and driving it. Um, and, you know, the Raw probably didn't do that well enough in the first grand final when they yep. did. Started to pick up on the second um, and then by the third it clicked, okay, this is how you do it. Yep. Um, it really is that classic <laughs> case of be ready to take advantage of that moment. Yep. And when it does, yeah, push, put the foot down as hard as you can and, you know, capture as much, capture as much content, capture as much fan imagination, capture as much data yep. uh, the, 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 as, you, as you can. And then, you know, when the, you know, when the confetti, you know, slides into the gutter, you can say, okay, what have we got now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, who was it during the Super Bowl? They tweeted, we're going offline, we're, we're out for a well, it was Well, yeah, it was the Eagles. You know, yeah, that, Eagles. That, that it was, you know, I think it was half past 12 or midnight or whatever, yeah. um, you know, and they pretty much said, you know, we're – we're going off channel because there's nothing we can capture here. Uh, there's nothing they can capture there, but there is nothing that they can do that is better than that full-time whistle. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 you're never going to top that yep. ever. Your fans, doesn't matter what you post from then on, you won, there's the score. That's going to get the most likes you'll ever receive on any platform. Yeah. And it's then, okay, in three, six, 12 months, how do you keep that emotion going? Yeah. Um, the celebrations after a win are good for a couple of days, but how do you keep taking people back to that singular moment? Oh, completely. And and it is like, and I was on the I was on the side of let them have a break. You know, it's a hard yeah. slog, right? Uh, let them enjoy it, and and also knowing you know there's not a lot of content that's actually fit for fit for hair <laughs> that goes on. You know, from one o'clock to seven o'clock the next morning. Nothing good um, happens. But the thing is, what the, there is that void of you know the newspapers say so and so won Brisbane won or whoever won. And then two days, two or three days later, the new cycle kicks off onto draft or new season or player movements and all that. And your fans are like, no, 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 we're good. We still want to talk about it. And that's the opportunity that to, to lengthen it out. And then the other thing that's the, uh, the easy thing is, is, you know, every big event, whether it's New Year's or Christmas or whatever, you can always go, oh, this is a, this is a Christmas when we're still champions. And you can remind, you know, that, that whole reminding your fans, they're like, yes, that's right, we are. Uh, and that's the opportunity, I reckon. But, yeah, you've also got the night of, you know, winning. You've yep. got your party. But then, you know, you watching Manchester City yesterday with their ticker tape parade through the city um, yep. of Manchester, that's your big fan engagement moment after the win. Um, yeah, so and it, so, yeah, and so there's all these ways. You can do it live there, all the cop, and then you can also have someone else doing the longer form piece or the mini movie that you're going to put out a day or two later yeah. that people are like, oh, I'm still all in. Yeah. I'm still all in. I want to be part of it. Or, again, going back to what you're doing now, how can we integrate our partners in that piece? Yep. In that in that type of content. So, yeah, so I guess, you know, Brisbane uh, to the Reds to, uh, to the Broncos, again, I want to – I don't think I can understate it, the 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 – the size and the power of the Broncos brand, how big they are. Uh, you know, for a long time, they were the only NRL team in the whole state of Queensland. Yeah. Um, you know, they were very, you know, very early on, on social, you know, everyone pretty much just said, yeah, we like the Broncos because they'd been ingrained to like the Broncos yeah. for, you know, 20 years before other, other entrants came into the Queensland market. It's, it's you know it's a behemoth up here, yeah. Um, you know, and and coming from you know two two clubs that are in the market, but are smaller players in the market. Yeah, what's it been like coming to you know and understanding? I guess the power of the Broncos brand. It's actually been interesting because I've been a, a boyhood fan of the club. Yeah. Um. So you know you mentioned there being the only team in the state. So I'm from North Queensland. Yeah. Usually that's where I was born. That's where I grew up. Um. And I think some of the Broncos came and visited up there, and. From then, I was a fan, yep. and then the Cowboys entered the competition. But I was already, you're I was already on the train. locked in, yeah. Uh, you know, I was already locked in. So to come to a club like this, um, you know, at those other organisations, or yep. I'd say smaller, because that's probably a bit but, derogatory. But, it is, but, but, but it's just from a number size and a member size and a and a brand equity size. It, it is. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's the Broncos are up there with one of the biggest football clubs in Australia, yeah. you know, across all codes. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy at those other lines to go, oh, the Broncos are doing this again and you, you get a bit frustrated with it. Um, being in the club now, the Broncos is actually a club that it, it, it's here to support everyone. Yep. Um, we actually don't focus on what other people are doing so much. We 
folks in it our d- own backyard it, and our own fans. And it, it definitely is a different perspective when at a big club. Has worked with big clubs yeah. before. It's you know, and again, not so other clubs will be looking at ladders or hey, where do we rank and those kind of things. Yeah, and the big club mentality is we're focusing on our own stuff. Yeah, like uh, this, these are our own you know internal uh, metrics and and things that we're chasing down um, and not getting competitive. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, there's still uh, we want to be the biggest, baddest, biggest club. Yeah. That's that mentality of being a big club. Um, you know, and I'm sure it's the same, you know, it's definitely the same in, in the AFL. I'm sure it's the same in the, you know, the NBA and, you know, I'm sure it's the same mentality the Yankees have in the MLB and yeah. Real Madrid. Like when you're the biggest club, like yeah. it's like how can we maximise it? How and do you keep getting bigger? How, how do, do you keep, keep getting bigger? I think the biggest difference being at the Broncos is I kind of feel a bit more pressure of expectation you yep. know, for what this club represents and the history that it has. And also then coming from being a fan, I know myself, oh, this is what I'd love to see the club doing. This is what I'd love to see the club being, moving forward, doing this, doing that. So I think it, it's it's an expectation that I almost put on myself yep. and, and the other staff put on themselves here to to be bigger, to be better, to to push it a bit further, to try something different again. And it's, so on, on that, because you're, again, not to say – you're not looking at it else. Are you looking at other big global team leaders to say, you know, again, you're yep. chasing down a Real Madrid or a Barcelona, you know, with their hundred million fans, you know, is a different yep. different piece. But are you looking to to those type of teams to say, how are we doing? How, how can we benchmark ourselves against the best of the best? Hundred percent. So I'm currently copying it at the moment because I'm quite excited about um, all the European football kits that are being launched. Yep. And I've just got this folder that I've been collecting everyone's launch photography. Yeah. And being a rugby league club, looking at soccer clubs, you know, it's like, come on, mate, focus here. And it's like, no, 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 look at this. Look at how amazing this is. And you yeah. know that when we have a new jersey, you know what's going up on the wall. All of those launch photography pieces and I'll be going, right, that's the standard. Yeah. That's where we've yeah, got to so be. Yeah, so like the stuff that Paul Rogers did at AS Roma in releasing their kit, yeah. right, is a perfect example. And again, you know, I love the phrase steal with pride, but exactly, you know, yeah. look through all of that all of, and what can you yeah. take and what can inspire well, there's, you. Well, you can steal it too, but you can also look at it and go, all right, how do we go one step? What's oh, no, the completely. next step? That's the what's whole the like, next? Yeah, that's the whole thing with steal with pride. It's not, hey, just rip it off yeah, and yeah, do yeah. it. It's what's our twist to it? What's what's the Broncos version yeah, yeah. of that? But that's the thing. There's so much inspiration out there. Yeah. And that's that's what I love about the space because we have this uh, we have this competitive juices flowing for people in the digital creative sponsorship marketing space that go, oh wow. Like look at one, look at AS Roma punching above their weight with the big boys, you know, and what Paul's yeah. doing uh, with AS Roma. It's like, well, we c- you can break through the clutter. You can get through the noise. Like everyone says Twitter and, is no- you know, there's a lot of noise. And yeah. It's hard to get past the algorithm on Facebook. There's all these things. It's like, well, that you know what gets past algorithm. it? Yeah, but oh. what gets past is good creative. Yes. And and stuff that that your fans connect with. Yeah. So, you know, all the, you know, all the fussing and- of the algorithm, it's like just – be good. And th- those pieces also have a part to play in your brand. Yep. You know, so, you know, key insight that I've been noticing of a lot of these launches is they're launching home jerseys and all the photography is done in their home stadiums. Yep. I mean, it's such a minor key detail. People, most people aren't looking at what's around it, but of course it makes sense to launch a home jersey in your home stadium. Duh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those subtleties of the And, um, and of even the if launches, it's luminal, it's, it's, oh, so that ties into our membership message because you Correct. want to see those new jerseys on the field and you want to know where your seat – like, again, it doesn't have to be here's yep. a new kit, buy a membership pack, yeah. right? But it's like there's five steps we're going to get you. Yeah. We're going to get you with six different pieces of content or seven pieces of content. So yep. when you get the marketing message that says buy a ticket, you're, you're primed. Yeah. And, I mean, the other, the other key sorts of things are, you know – we know that players are more followed than teams on social. Yep. So they're using these marquee players from their teams to launch their jerseys and then doing a, a secondary shoot just with that individual and going, All right, well, here's the stuff for your social. Yeah. You know, so and the whole, it's, yeah, the it's whole building play of that athlete network. Con- athletes' networks and how to leverage those and how teams leverage mm. those. Um, it's probably going to be – it's going to be in the – 
you know, the, the upcoming collective bargaining agreements and that's going to be, the, I guess, the new battleground to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, and it should be because, you know, again, like The Rock, the player is going to value those assets. Player has their brand. Um, and their own brand. Um, but the opportunity for the clubs is to say, well, one way for us to grow is via our players. How can we get great content to our players? Yeah. And a mix of, you know, what the athlete player networks are doing both here in Australia and in, in, in the US and the UK, you know, the Players' Tribune, un, uninterrupted, that kind of thing. It just widens the ability for you to uh, to push the brand out. Yeah, and all of those agreements aside, if you deliver a player good content that's going to make them look good themselves on their own network, they're going to post it. Oh, completely. <laughs> Every time. Completely, completely. So uh, thank you very much for the, uh, for the tour. Um, I'm going to... Uh, finish off with the uh, Sports Geek Closing Five. Do you remember the first sports event you ever attended? I, I actually do, and this is why it's you know interesting to work at this club. It was a Broncos game. So so where, so how old were you? Where were you? Do, do you remember where you were? Uh, I actually can't remember how old I was, but it was at the old Lang Park, which yep. is where we play now. So there was a period where we played at a different stadium. Um, I must have been five or six maybe yep. even younger yep. because I have a flag from that okay. from that game that my dad bought me. Yep. So I also lived in North Queensland, but had come down to Brisbane on a holiday. Okay. So, so it, was it, was a my, whole, it was a whole trip effectively. It was a whole, hey, we're going to go our first game. Yep. Knew, knew who the Broncos were, but it was my first time actually seeing them live. Um, I have the flag. I know that it's a pre-90s game. So the club started in 1988, yep. but I know by the sponsor on the flag that it's a – Oh, you've, you've carbon dated it based on the sponsorship. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I, I dragged the flag out when I started here. I was yeah. like, hang on a second. Whoa, this is really old. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is a really good point, I guess, for the uh, – again, just give context to the Australian and the European market. Um, in, the AF, uh, in the AFL, I think some in the NRL, they're doing retro jerseys with retro sponsors patches still on them. Yes. Right, because you can't have the jersey without the patches. So we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some jerseys come out with, you know, defunct insurance companies yes. or um, I don't actually, but they probably won't be able to get away with the te- uh, tobacco sponsorships and those kind of things that yep. might, you know, there might be restrictions, but it is funny. And the fans are clamoring for them to go, I remember that 1990 jersey when we had that big, insurance yep. logo that doesn't exist anymore or that government department that's now been privatized. Even, even the old competition badges on the jerseys, you know, that's that's a thing of pride and, um, yeah, people put a lot into it. I think we've got two retro jerseys downstairs yeah. with the old sponsors on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, hang on, can we double dip? Can we go back to that sponsor <laughs> and uh, and uh, get some money to get out of those jerseys? Like it opens up those possibilities. I, I think we're fortunate the ones on ours don't <laughs> exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you would have, in your time in sport, you would have been to a, a lot of different sports events. Do you have a, a, a favourite food memory at a sports event or a, or a go-to food when you go to a sports event? Don't so much have a, a memory, but I have, every time I work at Suncorp, which has been a lot in the last seven years, yep. I have to get a chicken roll. Chicken roll? When I'm working, I've got to go get the chicken roll. Is it a roast now, chicken roll or is it a, is it more of a chicken schnitzel? It's a bit more like a chicken schnitzel okay. with lettuce. Um, it's it's pretty typical stadium food. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll be catering on for staff. There'll be stuff around there, but I've got to go get the chicken roll every time. Oh, terrific. Uh, what's the first app you open in the morning? Probably Facebook. Facebook? Facebook, then to Twitter. Okay. Um, see what's exploded in the sporting world yes, overnight. Definitely, um, definitely. Although recently, if it's on a Monday, I'll always get up and check the Premier League scores as well. Okay, through the Premier League, Premier League app, app, and then I'll open the Optus Sport app and watch the highlights. So, it, getting out of bed, it's a, it's a good twenty minute routine. Sometimes <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like hanging on to Monday. Now I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah Monday, check the fantasy score too. <laughs> you you got to see what did I score. Um, is there? Uh, is there someone that you that you follow that you would recommend that the uh, the podcast listeners should check out, whether they be a, a, a someone who tweets or a writer or a, or an author or someone that you you follow? Um, probably a bit of an unknown one. Uh, guy by the name of Nice Orange is what he calls himself. Nice on Orange. Nice Orange on Twitter. On Twitter. Yep. Um, or Orange. Um, anyway, we'll, changes we'll, it. We'll, we'll find the link and we'll, we'll find it in him. The, show, the show notes. Uh, What's he provide? He's a he's a mega fan. Um, loves a good Photoshop. Okay, uh, finds his way into these little niches of you know something that someone may not have picked up in a particular moment. Um, very funny. 
Um, uh, in for for rugby league or uh, football? Football, very much football. Um, he's a Brisbane Raw fan. Okay, um, he's a and he's doing his own memes and commentary and that kind of stuff. Loves it. Loves it. Loves a good Photoshop tweaking of uh, something, and, and it's always really subtle, but yeah. it's always on point as well. Yeah, and so, you know, and I think but, that. And, you know, that's where Twitter – I think that's a really great part of Twitter, that whole fan banter and the fan – you know, the fan celebrity. Celebrity is probably the wrong word, but the the rise of the fan content producer is probably a better word that that are commenting on the game. I was listening to a podcast recently with uh, uh, Worldwide Wob who's a Twitter person, NBA Twitter personality. And so he started just by – he started – he got his rise at Vine. So when Vine was on, he was just doing quirky highlights of pettiness yep. in the NBA and, you know, he does this thing with synchronised players. So when pl- players both scratch their head at the same time, he finds that clip and sends it out. Yeah, right. right? So it's, again, it's it's in the quirkiness. But he's now, you know, risen to a point where people are checking out these weird highlights yep. and he's now doing uh, doing a podcast and a show with ESPN as a, as a result because it's a new form, like it's a digital first content piece yeah and the fans like that are also a really good kind of reminder of who it is that you're going out to yep um it's very easy to listen to the loud angry ones yep but you know those genuine fans who are just there to have fun support the team follow everything that they're doing and um amplify that yep really important key fans to keep on board and it and it does it does offer a different slant like you said on the content you're producing yeah like you go you know and that's where we're seeing some teams take a little bit more of a a uh, uh, fun element to, you know, again, Twitter in use of memes and how they go about it and, you know, some do more snark than others. Yep. But like saying having a bit of uh, fun on the platform, which is a bit of a hat tip to those kind of uh, of those type of accounts and also yep. sort of bringing them in ha- in, in-house in a little bit to, you know, whether it's retweeting or, ha- you know, uh, favouriting and that kind of thing to say, you know, we – we like this content, uh, uh, keep it up. You know, our yep. fans love it as well. Yep. The other thing that I find it does for me is in the back of my mind, if you're about to put something out, you're like, oh no, what are they going to do to me if I put this out? Yeah. It's, it's a kind of pause, makes you pause. Oh, completely. Twice. And, it, and it's, and it is, it has to be aligned with your brand, right? Mm. So, that, so those, uh, teams that, and brands that are pushing the edge and the envelope on that space, it has to fit with, with your brand. And, yep. and there are some, you know, Big brands, big teams, and again, uh, that that don't do it because, well, hang on, our brand has always been, you know, this. It's always been traditional, and yep. and you know that's how we do it. So we, so we, so we can't, you know, so we can't play in that edgy space that an up and coming uh, team or brand can can do it. But it doesn't yep. mean it's right or wrong. Yeah, right, it's it's you've got it's got to be aligned with what you're doing from a brand point of view. Um, so the last one. Uh, what social media platform is uh, is your MVP? And so you get you get two votes here because people like to sit on the fence. You can you can vote what's Kurt, what's yours uh, personally, and then from a from a Broncos point of view, what platform is the MVP for for the Broncos? Facebook. I'm probably a bit old in this regard. <laughs> probably very Facebook old. for you. So for me in the marketing space, yep. I. You know, we the multimedia guys run a lot of the organic content. Yep. I run a lot of the paid. Yep. Um, it's still so powerful. So powerful. Um, you know, you get those audiences right. You put the right content in front of them. Yes, it's an ad. Yeah. But you can deliver that to them. You can track it. You can follow it through. You and can, so that's you a can, combination of ticket sales, membership sales, and sponsorship activations. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, merchandise as well. So yep. merchandise is a big area for us. Um, oh yeah, yep. That's it's it's. I I huge. talk about sports teams and merchandise and Facebook ads as a faulty ATM. Yeah. It's like you put money in and more money you put the numbers in and more money accidentally comes out. Yeah, like, yeah. And if you're not doing that e-commerce play and understanding how to do that, yeah. Again, it's free money. Um, the I mean the other thing is increasingly so um, coming back to Google. Um, you know, it's very easy on Facebook to go. Wow, we can target down these people so well. Yep. You know, for big big sorts of clubs you still need that mass reach you still yep. need that you know we've got so many fans across such a large geographical area you know like the number of fans that we have in Papua New Guinea is yep. massive yep um they absolutely love us we're almost their second national team yeah the Broncos you know we went there um in the preseason and got mobbed 
Um, so you end up in that space um, similar to some of the, you know, the NBA teams are now looking at segments of their digital fans and saying, oh, we've got a lot of fans in Indonesia. What's sponsorship, partnerships, activations, can we do in that yes. space? And you start looking at, you know, what's our strategy internationally for, you know, in, in different parts of the world? Yes, 100%. How can we deliver content to these people that's, you know, true to them? Yep. Um, they're not just picking up what everyone else has. How do we how do we tailor to them is very much something that we're doing. And, you know, you can only get that analytics really through Facebook and Google in real time. Yep. Um, so th- those are my two MVPs and what I spend a lot of time just watching, yep. uh, tweaking, refining. And um, so the same answer for both, you personally and, and for the Broncos, or was that the Broncos answer? Uh I'm pretty boring myself on social media. <laughs> I'm really boring on social. Yep. I'm a lurker. Yep. I'm that's very uh, much a lurker. Lurk, lurkers are valid. Like I'll, a lot of podcast listeners are lurkers. I've, I've got more, um, you know, DMs in my Twitter than actual tweets because I just have little side conversations. I'll copy link and have I, a side conversation. Um, so if you want to have a side conversation with Kurt. Just uh, slip into the DMs. Slip, slide into his DMs, your Twitter uh, how can people connect with you? This, this is uh, you're perfect with yeah, the perfect, set up segues. Uh, Mr. Brutton. Mr. Brutton. B-R-U-T-T-O-N. Uh, so, yeah. So with you can, an underscore in there. With Mr. An, uh, Mr. Underscore uh, Brutton. Uh, you can also connect with Kurt on LinkedIn. I'll have links in the show notes. Or you can uh, you can slide in his DMs in the Sportsbiz Slack. Slide you're, on in. <laughs> you're in the, you're in the Sportsbiz Slack as well. Thank you very much for hosting me here um, at the – I'll get the name right uh, – Clive – uh, Clive Berghofer Berghofer Centre yes. uh, here in uh, sunny so. sunny Brisbane. Thank you very much for having me. Thank here. you very much. Download our Facebook campaigns guide at sportsgeekhq.com slash FB campaigns. Thanks again to Kurt Brutton from the Brisbane Broncos. Please uh, check them out. Check out uh, what they're doing online and uh, send Kurt a tweet. Um, at Mr. Brutton, B-R-U-T-T-O-N. Don't forget that underscore between Mr. and Brutton. Uh, send him a tweet um, and tell him that you listen to this episode. If you've got any questions, uh, send him a tweet or message him uh, on the uh, Sports Biz Slack, as he said. He's, he's a bit of a lurker, but he will respond and reply. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm traveling at the moment. Um, you might be listening to this while I'm at C2 Montreal. Um, I'm all booked in for my uh, workshops and labs and I've already got some brain dates set up. I've really enjoyed the process of, uh, uh, of finding new people to connect with prior to the conference rather than the uh, turning up on day one and, and meeting someone randomly at a networking event. Um, it's, been a, it's been an interesting process, so I've already got some uh, connections and brain dates, as they call them, uh, built. Um, so please, if, if, you want to, if you're interested in more, uh, as always, you can contact me. Um, I'm going to try a little bit of uh, uh, video, video blogs or vlogs, if they're still called that, um, during my week away. So if you, if you haven't seen them already, um, you can check them out. Uh, I'll be putting them out on my LinkedIn um, and also most likely my, a mix of my personal uh, Sean Callanan Speaks is my Facebook page or the Sports Geek Facebook page and also put some out on the old on YouTube. So I'll have a little bit more to say of, of my C2 Montreal experience um, once I've come back um, and potentially really looking forward to C2 Melbourne uh, in October 17 to 19. Um, also, one of the things that um, I'm really enjoying because I just did it last in the last week up in Queensland was one of the reasons I was in Brisbane um, for the Sport and Rec conferences. Um, so the one in Brisbane was last week. Uh, I've got one more to go. Uh, that's on Thursday, the 31st of May up in Cairns. So if you know someone in that part of the world, um, tell them to go to sportsgeekhq.com slash Queensland 2018. There's links there to, to go. Um, but I'm really loving the different, different keynotes and workshops that I can run uh, for conferences and events. So if you're looking for someone... Uh, to present to your team, to your league at a league conference or, or a sports marketing or a digital conference. Um, I'm really loving my current, I guess, suite of keynotes and workshops. Um, 
there's the one title, Show Me the Money, Connecting Digital Sports and Sponsors, uh, that works through how to build out sponsorship proposals that integrate digital. Um, I've always got the digital fan engagement best practice, the here's what people are doing around the world, which is always one that uh, helps inspire, gives a bit of uh, you know steel with pride as we as we just, as I discussed with Kurt, sort of showing what other people can do and how you can twist it to your own. Um, also, some of the broader uh, some of the broader topics that I talk about is content strategy, whether that be content strategy from a sports point of view or from a big corporate point of view. You know, how can you uh, leverage the platforms that are available and where should your content live? Um, I've also got a few different variations on Facebook and the ad side of Facebook and how you can best use that. And they're probably best illustrated now in our Facebook guides, um, which you can get uh, on the website. Uh, there's one on Facebook data. There's one on Facebook campaigns, how we do it. Um, I've also done a couple of uh, keynotes and workshops around uh, LinkedIn uh, and it's titled How to Build Authority and Connect with Anyone. Um, I've been a big fan of LinkedIn, been using LinkedIn for a long time. If you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, um, my apologies. I should have sent you an invite by now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I work with corporates and, and CEOs to help them understand how to use LinkedIn, how to use it as a business development tool. I think it's really valuable in the sports space for uh, for the people working in the commercial teams and commercial sales and corporate sales uh, to understand how to use LinkedIn, how to connect people, how to do it in the right way, and how to do it in the uh, you know uh, in the not not don't be doing it in the spammy way. And then the other one is uh, athletes and digital, the Sports Geek way, which is our athlete training program around how they use uh, how they can use digital and how they should use digital and what things they should avoid. In, in using digital and social. So there's just a few of the topics. Uh, I'm not restricted to those. So if you do need a speaker, um, simply go to sports, sportsgeekhq.com slash keynote. Keynote. And you'll get a detail of all my uh, uh, speaking operations and, and be able to get in touch and find out if we can find a date. Uh, until next episode, as always, you can get in touch with me uh, via social at Sean Callanan or old-fashioned way via email sean at sportsgeekhq.com until next episode my name is Sean Callanan and you've been listening to Sports Geek join over 1,000 sports business executives in sports biz slack go to sportsgeekhq.com slash slack Please share your fave episodes of Sports Geek on LinkedIn. Be sure to tag Sean Callanan. Go to sportsgeekhq.com for more sports digital marketing resources. Want to chat with Sean? Book a time for a call. Go to sportsgeekhq.com slash phone call.